0: You are listening to Reach MD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Is healthcare in the US really dead? If so, who will bring it back to life? According to my guest, the American consumer is our only hope for reviving the healthcare system and transforming it into a system that works for everyone. Welcome to the Clinicians Roundtable. I'm Dr. Kathleen Margolin, and joining me from Cambridge, Massachusetts, is Regina Herzlinger, professor of business administration at the Harvard Business School and author of the new book, Who Killed Healthcare? America's $2 trillion medical problem and the consumer-driven cure. Welcome, Professor Hirslinger. So nice to be here. Professor Hirslinger, you seem to be everywhere these days. You are receiving incredible press for your new book, and I think it's because your timing is perfect. People are hungry for solutions to healthcare problems, and you are offering passionate and well-developed answers. Where does your passion on this subject come from?
1: Well, it comes from personal experience. I did my doctoral thesis. In a great hospital in Boston, fantastic people, brilliant minds, but oh my God, the management of the place was something else. And then when I had my own children, I learned that even people who are assertive and well-read and knowledgeable, they lose power in the face of the overwhelming administration of the hospital system. So I thought, well, if it can happen to me... It sure can happen to a lot of other folks who don't spend their lives researching this process.
0: We need to talk about the two events that were catalysts to your writing this book. First involves transparency.
1: My doctoral thesis involved measuring the productivity of physicians at a neighborhood health center that was part of a great Boston hospital. And the doctors were fantastic, just incredible, but the cost accounting system that I installed in that neighborhood health center, I did this 35 years ago. You know, it still doesn't exist, but in business, 35 years ago, that cost accounting system was something that every single business had. So I was struck by the lack of transparency in healthcare, and I continue to be struck by the fact that the Kind of information that's readily available to every American business just doesn't exist in healthcare.
0: The second event that inspired the book is a kind of a shocking story of how legislators were convinced to squelch competition on behalf of big hospitals.
1: Yeah, I was testifying in front of a committee in the U.S. Congress, and you know, these men and women are absolutely amazing. Iraq today. The DRG tomorrow, their breadth of knowledge and their political skill is astonishing. And I was testifying about the need for transparency in our healthcare system and also about the importance of permitting physician ownership of innovated health services in healthcare. And to my astonishment, the other people on the panel who were great people but when it came to transparency, uh uh-uh. they might post a price, let's say a number between $1 and $20,000, but to post a price that would let the consumer know what they're buying? No way. Now, this is a particular problem for uninsured consumers who wander into hospitals, and because there are no prices, they frequently get charged the very highest price terribly unfair to them. And then I talked about the importance of posting some quality data. Again, stonewall, stonewall, stonewall. As for the idea that physicians were honest business people as well as extraordinarily competent professionals who ought to be permitted to own their own facilities without jumping through over 3,000 pages of legislation, No way. Physicians, when it came to ownership, they were venal and awful, unlike every other business person in the United States.
0: And they legislated that way. They legislated against the idea of physicians owning their own specialty service
1: hospitals. Yeah, it was amazing. They put a moratorium on the expansion of the hundred or so physician-owned specialty hospitals. Because the general hospitals came to the table and they said, oh, these specialty hospitals, they're so good that they're taking business away from me. Now, in the rest of the U.S. economy, if Dell came to the U.S. Congress and said, get rid of Hewlett-Packard, they're killing me in the printer business, we'd say that's ridiculous. You know, Dell, you've got to get more efficient. Don't come whining to me. But when a general hospital comes whining to the U.S. Congress and says, get rid of this competitor, they're too good, and they're owned by the doctors, and we all know those doctors, they're bad guys, the U.S. Congress rolls over. It was astonishing.
0: You make it very clear in the book that the three entities that have killed health care in the U.S. are hospitals, insurers, and the government. How can their stranglehold be broken in order to resuscitate health care?
1: So we pay all the money. You and I and everybody else who's listening, we pay all the money. In fact, physicians pay far more than their share. But we pay for the $2 trillion in health care. That's as big as the economy of China. And we pay for it in our taxes, and we pay for it in foregone salary when our insurer uses our salary to buy health insurance for us. Physicians pay for it because they're micromanaged by third-party insurers who give them prices that are far less than what the market would pay for them. So we pay all this money, and we give it over to these third parties, the insurers, the government, the hospitals. We don't demand any accountability. What are you doing with that money? How good is your quality? How much does it cost? How much charity care do you honestly give? We don't know any of those things. So what we've got to do is get that money back. And the way we need to get it back is so that we can buy health insurance with tax-free money just as our employers can now buy health insurance with tax-free money. So I let Harvard University buy my health insurance because when it uses ten to $15,000 of my salary to buy it, it doesn't pay taxes on that money. If they gave me back the money right now, I would have to pay taxes on it. The U.S. Congress has to pass a law so that when I get that money back, and I use it to buy health insurance and or to save for uninsured medical needs. I don't pay taxes on that money. One simple law will completely change the landscape of US healthcare.
0: If you've just joined us, you're listening to Reach MD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Kathleen Margolin and my guest is Regina Herslinger, professor of business administration at the Harvard Business School and author of the new book who killed healthcare? America's $2 trillion medical problem and the consumer driven cure. Professor Herzlinger, you really take exception with the way nonprofit hospitals operate. What are your
1: objections? I take exception. The U.S. public should take exception. These hospitals, they're exempted from taxes. You and I pay more in taxes because they don't pay any. They don't pay income taxes, and frequently they don't pay sales taxes, and they don't pay real estate taxes. Now, the quid pro quo was supposed to be that they would provide charitable care, but all too many of these hospitals, their charitable care is virtually non-existent. In fact, some of them screw the uninsured with the very highest prices and then hound them so that they become bankrupt if they cannot afford to pay. I take a lot of exception to giving this kind of institution the mantle of being a wholly non-profit kind of institution. Furthermore, hospitals provide highly variable care. Some of the things they do are absolutely astonishing and mind-boggling and wonderful, but Hundreds of thousands of people die every few years from medical errors in hospitals. They die from infections. They die from unresponded to need for care. We shouldn't accept that. We wouldn't accept that in any other part of our economy. And hospital costs, they're the reasons our health care costs are so high and rising so much. McKinsey estimated that we spend half a trillion dollars more than countries of similar wealth on healthcare. In other words, we were not productive. The bulk of that lack of productivity, McKinsey attributed it to American hospitals. We've got to change the way they work.
0: We've all seen the rapid mergers of hospitals over recent years. Why wasn't the government able to stop them with antitrust laws?
1: They tried seven or eight times, and they lost the suits and the hospitals draped themselves in a non-profit mantle. After all, many hospitals carry religious names on their titles, or they have names like Pleasant Valley Community Hospital, a place you were born in. It sounds fantastic. And so they convinced both the judges and or the juries that they were doing God's work. But the reality is that in many cases, these hospitals are more like the 20th century businesses that form cartels and that inspired trust busting and the antitrust laws that we now have because their purposes were not so holy and charitable. Rather, their purposes were to become a monopoly or an oligopoly and therefore not to have price or quality competition. There's been a lot of academic documentation that the merger of hospitals has not led to lower costs. Quite the contrary, it's led to more rapid increase in costs and sometimes to a decline in quality. It's hard for me to see where the public interest is being served here.
0: Another critic of the U.S. healthcare care system who's getting a lot of press these days is Michael Moore. What is your impression of his movie, Sicko?, I haven't seen
1: Sicko, but I've read a lot about it. And what I've seen and heard about Sicko is his diagnosis is seems pretty right on. He says the insurers, you know, they take your money, don't give you the health care you need, make the doctor's lives miserable. The hospitals, they don't provide the charitable care they should. The U.S. Congress is micromanaging the healthcare care system for no good outcome. But where I disagree with him is his diagnosis is correct, but the cure could not be worse. Michael Moore advocates turning the U.S. healthcare system into a single payer, meaning in simple English, the U.S. government runs the health care system. U.S. government does not buy our houses, does not buy our cars, does not buy our food. We wouldn't want them to. Why in the world would we entrust the U.S. government with something so much more important, which is our health care?
0: Thank you for listening to the Clinicians Roundtable on Reach MD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Kathleen Margolin, and my guest has been Regina Herzlinger, professor of business administration at the Harvard Business School and author of the new book, Who Killed Healthcare: Care America's $2 Trillion Medical Problem and the Consumer Driven Cure. Thank you for joining me, Professor Herzlinger.
1: My great pleasure.
0: For comments and questions, send your email to
1: xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.